The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. M. Rossiano. Chris Jenner works hard, but Michael Lucas is working harder. And Michael Lucas. And it's absolutely devastating. Like, you, you will cry. Oh, my God, you will cry. This is Emsolation. Why did I say intercourse? That's so unsettling. It sounds medical. You're in Emsolation. Well, hello there and welcome to Emsolation. You know who I am. <laughs> I am on my fourth try of this intro. You all know my intro by now. But if you knew, you're like, God, a bit presumptive. So I'll say it. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter, Mr. Michael Lucas. I bring you this podcast every week. One of the highlights of my life was last year when we did our live show in Melbourne. I went out, sat down in front of the thousand strong crowd and started saying the intro and then they all finished it. It's like I imagine how Whitney Houston would feel when she'd hold the mic out when the notes got too hard to sing. I loved it. And I didn't, this isn't even something I meant to become my intro. I just said it one time. I never wrote it down. I never planned it. I just started saying it each week because I noticed that Will Anderson said the same intro each week. And I thought maybe maybe I should try doing that. And here we are, five years or however we've been going later. Oh, my God. How are you? I'm well. I'm busy, but I think I've figured out I'm happiest when I'm busy. I mean, I complain a lot and I whinge and, you know, I lay around like a sick Victorian child, but I do enjoy being busy. And my goodness, the next two and a half weeks, can I tell you, three tailor-made shows this weekend, Taylor Swift tribute shows happening in Melbourne. I'm really excited. I've handcrafted a costume using a Travis Kelsey jersey I had sent from America. I've spent the last week bedazzling it into the wee hours of the morning. So I'm very excited to unveil my Travis Kelsey jersey at the shows this weekend. If any of you are coming along... Uh, let me know. Let me know. Give me a little John Peter Farnham, whatever. Can't wait to see you. Also, we've got our Sydney show in two weeks. No, one week. Oh, my gosh. One week I'll be eyeballing some Sydney emsolators. It's at the Enmore Theatre. There are still some last-minute tickets available. If you're deciding, you know what, I do need to spend an early Sunday evening with Em and Michael and one of the fabulous cast members from the Newsreader. We've also announced two shows in Melbourne in February. Who do we think we are? Outdoor stage, Malthouse Theatre, extremely civilised. First show is sold out. Second show, still tickets available. That's on Wednesday the 21st of February. So there's lots going on for your favourite podcast. And then I'm going to fall into a heap. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm fine. I've been working hard on Anomalous, my new podcast, my new project, I'll be having a little sizzle reel ready for you soon. There's also an Instagram account now, Anomalous Podcast, if you want to follow along on the little journey I'm going on. Oh, sorry for saying journey. So, look, she's a busy girl and she's appreciative of your ears and eyeballs on all the projects. The episode ahead is Michael Lucas turned up at the studio and there was a significant appearance change that, I'll be honest, took me by surprise. And there have been several text messages since of me apologising for perhaps my too blunt assessment of the physical change, but I'm autistic. So he's getting used to it, but I did feel bad. And he's okay. We're okay. We're fine. So we, we, we talk about his physical appearance. We talk about where he's up to with the Barbara Streisand. He's, he's hit the, the 33 hour point. So not long to go. We talk about Michael's Carrie Ann Kennelly connection. There's been a CAC approach. I repeat, a CAC approach. Jamie Lynn Spears is in Australia. I needed to touch on that. And then, oh, my God, 
The Crown, the documentary The Crown's final season has been released, season six, and I've got two ads for you, Kimmy, Ghost, Diana. Oh, help me. <laughs> I can't believe it. I cannot believe they went there. Ghost, Diana. And then Michael reminded me that there was Ghost Patrick on Offspring. Ah, so much, so much to talk about. All right, gang, well, thank you for being here. Enjoy what's to come. Watch all the videos. Keep leaving those purple hearts. I love it. Interact with our things. The best way to support us, bar a subscription and all the other things, the absolute best and freest way to support us is by interacting with our videos, saving them, sending them on to people you think will enjoy them, making a comment underneath, all the sharing. That is, that is so helpful to us. Okay. All right, that's enough from me. Play the music. Emsolators, you're only a what-if away from creating the perfect holiday. And right now, Emsolation listeners can get 10% off selected hotels. Go to whatif.com forward slash listen for details. What if it's Aussie for travel? Hey, lovelies, I'm back to dish out props to the now 3,692 people that help us deliver these Thursday episodes to everyone by subscribing to our premium service, Emsolation Extra. Now, if you have the means and you'd like to pay it forward and help us keep Thursday episodes free for everyone, for less than $2 a week, you will get a personalised link to an upgraded podcast feed with two bonus episodes every week, like M's Chat This Week with advocate and author Sunny Jane Wise. My Lord, that is such an amazing chat. Check out the videos on our Instagram for updates. Uh, Every Friday, you also get an AMA where you get to ask M and Michael anything. You also get 20% off merch with our catchphrase merch dropping next week, plus access to ticket pre-sales and so much more. So to get amongst the bonus treats and support us for less than $2 a week, just hit up msolation.supercast.com now. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Michael Lucas walked up the stairs and shocked me because I thought Draco Malfoy had entered the building. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the look I was going for. You look like Malfoy. Nice face, Potter. Do I? Oh, Evil. Oh, you didn't tell me. I knew it was coming, but when did this blessed event happen? You are, and it's a good blonde. Last night. It's yes, oh. he's he's he really takes his time. <laughs> How many hours were you in the chair? It takes all up from when I step through the door about three before I leave. Wow. But he does he does like the ends of it first and then goes back Do and you does know why? It. He did explain it because there's it's hotter closer to your scalp, so it yeah, develops so, quicker. Yes. So your roots and your ends end up being and a then different colour. The toner and then he yeah. The silver toner. And you've got to make sure you get some blue shampoo or you look like a little duckling. He's given me shampoo. Right. That he expects me to use, mm-hmm. yes. Are you still doing the hair lossy stuff? No. Okay. Should I be? You no. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> well, I just need to understand what our what our goal is for your hairline. No. What's our goal? I have no issue with men balding, bald. but I just know your particular community are savage about that. Are they? I mean, hi, gay. Really? Mm. Oh. And we and we if we're going to decide that we are in fact losing our hair, you and I need a comprehensive ten-step plan as to how we're going to execute that. And when do we shave? Okay. You know, and when do we just fully accept? And are we going to go skin, or are we going to keep some dignified, you know, stubble? Like, how are we going to go bald? I think my feeling was I would just find an autistic friend to look at me and go, oh, God, you need to do something right now. Who knows who that could be? Well, your peaks are quite high. Almost well, you, so, you see it now. Yeah, I yeah. can because of the blonde, mm. I can see that we're going to have a little circle issue happening at the front soon and you're going to have that weird little wispy thing, like Tintin at the front with a bald highway <laughs> and then some stuff at the back. Listen, I just think we need to have a plan. Mm, okay, You know, sure. you, I just don't want to look across one day and be like, oh, fuck, George Costanza's here. She's bald. She's bald. <laughs> yeah, all right, sure. Where, you wear on the hair loss stuff. No, though. I know. I will. I, look, I will be, but I'll just run out of the... <laughs> run out of the and are you on the heart yeah. medication or the, like, 
Are you getting like what? baby seal blood injected into your scalp? What are you doing? No, it's just like drop things that you put Drops. on. Drops. Mm. Because it takes this. Yeah, no, I, I, that doesn't agree with me. That stuff. Heart stuff or yeah. something and has other things. I don't know if I'm meant to be telling people this, but there we go. There we go. It's the hazard of being my friend. It is. No, I'm not on anything like that. <laughs> How are you going with Babs? 33 hours. Whoa. Down. Yep. So I, we're on the home so, straight, I, two thirds of the way. Proud of you. Like I don't know why. I think about it. Like I wonder where he's at now with her. Like I do at weird times of the day. I'm like, where is he at? How's he going? Mm. I've got a big commute to work, so it helps. It's just me and Babs in the car. So where are we at? You're at 33 hours. What's happening in her life? Well, um, she has. We've we've been through Yentl. That was a lot. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was what about were some highlights chapters. from Yentl? Well, six chapters. Something like that. Oh, totally. It was a 15-year journey. Good for her. Yeah. Ah. Oh, I mean, look, the highlights were Yentl, she really lent into the power of prayer because when the weather wasn't as she wanted, she would uh, get down on her hands and knees and pray to her dead father. Oh, not to God. Well, she had had several scenes where she wanted Yentl to be crossing water. It's a very... It's a symbolic thing, hmm. but she wanted sunshine glistening on the water, and then that day it was it was overcast, so she just prayed, and then you would not believe it. But after she prayed to her father, the clouds parted. She got her shot. If my memory serves, she never really met her father. No, he okay. died. No, but she's obsessed with him. Okay. Yeah. No, but that's why. But she's read all of She's read love letters that he's written oh. to another um, woman, not his mother, before the mother. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, she's pretty unabashed of saying everything would be different if I had him. He was, he went to like, I think he taught people in jail and things like that. He seems like he was a very good man. Not the mother, the devil woman. Look. The mum. The poor mum. Yeah. Like the, she screened Yentl to the mum and then the end of it is dedicated to my father and the mum was like, well, what about, why not me? I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> I would quite frankly be the same. I would be like, this guy, this guy checks out, you never even meet him and I'm mm. here, I'm still mm. here yeah. watching your fucking self-indulgent 15-year journey being forced <laughs> to sit down and probably watched with a magnifying glass at every reaction to every scene. God. A lot of people sent her cards about Yentl, we heard them all. Steven oh. Spielberg. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth Taylor. Like, Wait, let me tell you what she says about Elizabeth okay. Taylor. Because I found from um, Interview Mag, an Instagram mm. account, a comprehensive guide to Barbara Streisand's 966-page memoir. And the thing she says about Elizabeth Taylor is... And Elizabeth Taylor, now that's a movie star. And I got to know Elizabeth. I realised... I'm too gangster and you're too, like, uh, Mrs Mangle. We need to find a happy medium. <laughs> I just think you're sort of J-Lo in Hustlers. Okay. <laughs> and Elizabeth Taylor, now a movie star. And I got to know Elizabeth because she talks slow, doesn't she? She does talk very slow. I realised she was one of the great broads, as down to earth as they come and hilariously raunchy. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's she doesn't she go, she doesn't tell you any saucy jokes that she got from Elizabeth, but let me tell you, she definitely reads out the th- the congratulations. Hang on, are you card. telling me she she reads words, she reads them out? Oh, 100%. Are you joking me? No. And then she's like, wasn't that nice? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, and reviews, sometimes full reviews. Oh, she screened it to Steven Spielberg and he goes, Barbara, I wish that I could tell you something that might help your movie, but I can't. It's perfect. Don't change a single thing. That's what Steven Spielberg said. Good for her. <laughs> she does. It's a collection of all the notes everyone sent her. My other favourite bit. <laughs> it's like someone's stalling for time. Yeah. You know, oh. you, you know when you've got show and tell and you've got nothing to take, so you mm. pick up a rock on the way and then spend mm. 20 minutes talking about mm. the rock? Mm. It feels like she didn't have anything for show and tell. Most. Now let me read out <laughs> everything you got. She's, she's been like, I've been through my my archives and I've found these. My archives? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course she has archives. I've They're down it. at the shopping mall. I've seen the shopping yeah. But the biggest bombshell from Yentl. Tell me. Well, it's, it is it is quite confronting because it's a beloved person. Mandy Patinkin's a... <laughs> yeah. Not a creep. <laughs> Did you 
<laughs> well, yeah, creep. Did he say yeah. that? No, yeah. He was he was only 29 and he was very like he he was very angry all the time and he would need to like work himself up by like kicking the walls and everything like that and unsettling the crew. And then at one point he just stops looking her in the eye and they're having to do all these scenes, stops looking just won't stare at her. And so she takes him aside and she's like, Mandy, you need to look at me. We've got to have this. You know, we've got to have a connection on screen. What's going on? And then he says, Barbara, because I thought that we were going to have a love affair and wait, we haven't. Yeah. Oh, just her animal magnetism. That's right. Because she couldn't love him yeah. and he cracked it. Yeah. I find that so hard to believe about Mandy Patinkin. He <laughs> well, seems the opposite. He, he has not said anything. <laughs> he was 29 and very passionate and fiery, but I have heard other things that have talked about how... Um, he was very an emotional sort of a person. Oh, there's so many shit men around her that there's felt like they had entitlement to her. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like they just saw her and assumed that she would be theirs. Oh, it's an absolute litany of shit men. And, and just, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's like she sort of actively puts herself in that path and you're like, Barbara, why? But I guess maybe there weren't many good ones around. Oh, God. Spielberg comes off well. <laughs> Let me tell you what she said about marijuana. Yeah. I wasn't a pot smoker, although I do remember one night in L.A. we went out with Peter Sellers and Britt Eklund. Mm -hmm. I must have had a puff or two, or they were smoking. I've lost Barbara's voice. Mm. Or else, I just have to go back to um, J-Lo and Hustlers. Or else I got a contact high because we were giggling all through dinner. At one point, we were making up are you ready for what they did with Noah Stoned? All sorts of crazy flavors for ice cream. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> right, so she's in her love affair right now. Where you're up to? Hour thirty-three. Tell me. Yeah, Don Johnson. Don. Don. Miami Vice fame at the peak of fame. I forgot it. It's also oh, a time where I didn't where know she... they dated. No. She had it. She really went through a phase in the eighties of a certain type of muscle spunk. You know. She. Hair. She's like. She's very open about the fact of like. I seem to be attracted to very good-looking men. <laughs> Maybe it's superficial of me. That's just how it is. And it's true. Like, James Brolin, hot. Dude, hot. Hot. So hot. Yeah. Wood I mean, bang. oh, and then at one point, because she married Elliot Gould. I don't know. That's who was Jason's father. Well, and someone said to her, son, someone so. said, Barbara, Barbara, this won't last. You know why he's not good-looking enough for you? And then Barbara just flat out says, you know what? That was very perceptive. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, a lot of hot men. Great. Uh, with Don Johnson is the moment when she started to feel like she was beautiful because she noticed the press, which always had sort of said that I was a ugly duckling, now started to talk in a very complimentary way about the way I look. So maybe I had grown into my features. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. It's amazing. Look, I, I am walking away. I love how much she talks about her work. She devoted, like, more than one chapter, I think. Anything at- on her son? Very little. Um, I know because I'm waiting for the coming out moment. I don't think she's going to give it to us, unfortunately. I'm so glad that Barbara has a gay son. Like oh. a straight son doesn't deserve her for a mother. No, that's right. They don't. They wouldn't. They don't get it. Well, I'm not even kidding. You know, the Normal Heart, which was made as a movie by Ryan um, Murphy, and it starred Mark Ruffalo. And yes. Yes, Ooh, and it was all about up. AIDS. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, she wanted to make that for years for her son. She did. And she developed it for years and years and years. And it's an, it's actually a really riveting chapter because the playwright was this hardcore gay activist, Larry Kramer. And then her whole thing was, I thought it was important that the straight community could feel connected to it. So I didn't want to start it at Fire Island with people having orgies. I didn't want that. And he very much did. And so basically they got in a fight about... Orgies on Fire Island. Yes. And then she goes, and in the end she didn't She didn't make the movie, she was heartbroken. And then she's like, and Ryan Murphy makes it. She claims that she um, had cast uh, Mark Ruffalo and Julia Roberts in the roles. And she also said that Mark Ruffalo's lover was supposed to be Bradley Cooper in her version. Can you imagine that? Hot. Oh, my God. But then she watched it and she's like, he started on Fire Island and within... A few minutes, you see multiple men having sex under a tree. <laughs> she goes, we'll never know how many people turned off. Oh. Hi, gay. And she goes, it's not homophobic because I don't like to show sex scenes even if it's a man and a woman. It's not that. Oh, wow. Anyway. Okay. Well, I mean, keep going. We're loving the updates. Thank you. She's giving us the content. While we're on the topic of 
I don't even know how to. I was going to say aging divas, but that is unfair. Kerry Ann Kennelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kerry Ann Kennelly. I've had contact. Has been in contact. This is what. Now, you remember when I was, I used to do her show. Yeah. I got to do a little cross every now and then when I was very poor and that, all I could get was 10 seconds on telly. Can't even get one second now, but made my own way. Whatever. I'm not bitter about it. Yeah. So, Cack and I have had a few yeah. know, dalliances. Yeah. Cack's been on a little bit of shaky ground. She has. I Are guess. we categorizing her as a as a problematic diva, or do you think the legacy's still intact? Where are we at? For, I don't know, and me, it's quite confusing Kat, yeah. to me because I'm very much focused on 1989. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell? I feel comfortable talking about CAC in 1989. Let's do that. Okay. Well, look, I was live on British radio. Oh fuck! Can I just no, put but, a pause here? Okay. Right. You are the biggest media whore since the Kardashian family. Like, it's <laughs> Chris Jenner works hard, but Michael Lucas is working harder. Like, for fuck's sake, how many interviews have you done legitimately? About, Every, yeah? about 20. It's in about 90 territories, though. It's not what? like... I get, every time I talk to him, I'm just doing another Zoom to Argentina. Mm. Like, what? Of course you are. Mm. What? Yeah. You've now become the face of the newsreader. No, Anna and Sam are doing them too. And sometimes Stephen and sometimes... I think that's pretty much it. Stephen, Anna, Sam. So while you were doing an interview... Yes. On the BBC. Yeah. The guy, the British host said, oh, my neighbour was um, is an Australian. And then I, we were chatting about the show and my neighbour said, oh, my aunt was a, was a star in Australia in the 90s, Kerri-Ann Keneally. And I'm like, Kerri-Ann Kennelly? And he's like, you know who this is? And I'm like... Every Australian knows who Carrie and Well, Kennelly every is Australian over the age of 40. Mm. And then he had recorded an interview with it. So they played an interview with Carrie Ann Kennelly, who said she'd watched every episode, and then they've got WhatsApp groups going with her friends from the era. And they would sit there guessing who the characters were. And she goes, I know exactly who that William McInnes character was based on. And I've been yelled in the face like he has. Yeah. Really? She identified with Helen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she said, She. <laughs> well, he had, the interviewer had said to her, are they aware of you? And then she's like, why don't you ask them if they know who I am? <laughs> Which I really appreciated. And then, and then he said, would you like a role in it? And she's like, why don't you pass on my details? And did. What? Yeah, they did. They and sent so it through. You got her number. Oh, well, actually, it turned out I thought it was her number and I was too nervous to ring. And then I clicked on the contact thing and I saw it was her number and her email and I thought, I feel much better. You about love an email. email. Oh, you love, love an email. Yeah. Don't you? I did. You I do. do. I know. Don't you always you say to like me, phones. You always say to me, I'll write to them. Yeah. Like, you're going to sit down with your stationary property of Michael Lucas, from the desk of Michael Lucas. I would. That's what Barbara would do. <laughs> and Elizabeth Taylor. Did you used to handwrite people letters? Oh, um, I, I often, at the end of a shoot, if, I'm, if I've got any energy left, will handwrite cards to oh, people. Oh, that's nice. We I handwrite each other cards. I never handwrote letters to people because they would have thought it was a ransom note. Mm. You've seen my handwriting. Mm. It's not great. Mm. Mm. So you wrote, and pray tell, what was the email? <laughs> have you got it on you or do you remember it? I think I can remember. I don't have okay. it on me. But um, I basically said I was on, I didn't expect when no. I was on. No, dear, did you say D- CAC, Carrie Ann, Miss Kennelly? Dear Carrie Ann. Dear Carrie Ann. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I Too familiar. That's right. Right. Yeah, no, okay. no, CAC. Yeah. No, I wasn't going to go She loves CAC. CAC. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just said. Dear I, Carrie Ann. Did you for any moment think about writing CAC? Um... I can honestly say not to her, no. Okay, okay. I have referred to her as CAC amongst the team, okay, but okay, I have okay, not yet. Yeah, no, no, okay, no. Okay, okay. no I, I, I said that I. the last thing I expected live on British radio was to hear you talking about watching your show. I'm so thrilled and honoured we all are that you've watched it and that you felt it was accurate. Um, and, of course, you know, we've watched a lot of clips of you um, as we've researched that era, which is true. In fact, right now we're looking at the 1989 Logies where you were wearing a spectacular number on stage. And and then I said something like, um, if you ever want to tell me any stories from the 80s, you know, now you've got my details, here's my number. And, you know, if you ever want to visit set, obviously, guest of honour. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And has she responded? Yeah. <gasps> Hang on. Are you doing, is Rhonda 
going to be required for the Lokis? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Well, we're, we're doing something. I'm sorry. Is Rhonda going to be required for the Lokis? <laughs> not as yet. Oh, my God. Rude. Because we're, do- we're, we're replicating the real ceremony. Well, maybe Rhonda was there. <laughs> maybe. But no, no, I meant that we're getting like doubles of like Bert and uh-huh. Brian and all those sort of people. Norman Gunston. Uh-huh. As it turns out, maybe Carrie Ann. Um, what did she reply? She she congratulated me on getting series three. She said she would definitely tell me stories, but she's off to Noosa right now. <laughs> um, and and then she said, oh, that dress, because I'd sent a screen grab of the dress. She goes, I still have it in perfect condition, so you can borrow it if you want. Could we, could me, could you and Gypsy, your friend who does costuming, <laughs> could the three of us go on an archival voyage to Carrie Ann's? Look, it'd be worth it, I think. Oh, no, I'll come. If, I, I mean, Barbara's there, archives are one thing, but you know Barbara's archives would be all a lot of No, 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 I want cacks. Cacks, yeah. I've seen Barbara's archives. There's, like, silk. Yeah. What about the... And there's dolls that your mum has. Oh, creepy dolls. Mm. So creepy. Jenny would love Barbara's. Jenny's. Yeah. Jenny and Barbara has... The similarities mm. are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Even down to their ethos is about life, mm. their love of vintage things, over the top. Mm-hmm. If I like it, I don't care how expensive it is, I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. My mother has mm-hmm. the same ethos. Mm-hmm. But if we could go see the taffeta, the shoulders, I mean, Carrie Ann's vintage, oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God, I'm fizzing. It's electrifying. We need to do this. Well, you've made a friend. I've made a friend. Well done. I have to say that you would absolutely die seeing the wardrobe department at the moment because, as Gypsy says to me, 1989 is uniquely out of fashion. If you get into the 90s, then it's like you can't get anything. But where we are at, at the end of 89, and she's got people scouring all the op shops of the country. Oh, well, you know I have, I mean, I'll tell her, I've got all the good spots. Mm. Because I, I mean, the outer suburban spots where I found the things where the young, cool people can't grab them. <laughs> so if Gyps needs some help, tell her to just give me a call. My loves, I've been very clear about my lack of interest in the festive season this year. I simply do not want, although some of you may have noticed, I've already put my tree up. Oh God, the festive, it got me. But you know what else? Around the festive season, it does centre around alcohol. And I feel like I'm not the only one feeling this. More of us, it turns out, are favouring the alcohol-free option. Naturally, what if are already onto this as a travel trend for 2024? Research shows almost 40% of us are keen on staying in places that offer non-alcoholic experiences. And what if have done the hard work for you? Curating a list of alcohol-free Aussie experiences like hotel with booze-free mini bars and even non-alcoholic cellar door and brewery experiences. Oh, Ooh. You're only a what if away from places like Sobar in Burley Heads, Queensland, Non HQ and Brunswick Aces Bar in Melbourne, Sea Drift Distillery on the Northern Beaches in Sydney, and Sidewood Estate in the glorious Adelaide Hills. Now's the time to start planning your 2024 dry tripping experience. Oh, I see what they did there. I love it. That's road tripping for the sober curious on the What If app. You can book accommodation, flights, car hire and more. What if it's Aussie for travel? Hey, I'm back just to say thanks muchly to the 3,692 people who subscribe to our premium service, Emsolation Extra. You actually help us keep this Thursday episode free by helping us pay the rent on this building I'm sitting in right now and our staff of three, including me, a wage. Uh, And we should say, Em and Michael do this for free. They have never been paid for this. Because basically all the money that comes in goes straight back into keeping Emsolation alive. So honestly, deep hugs and massive thanks from all of us. Now, if you haven't become a member of our premium service yet, here's what's on offer. You get two bonus episodes every week. They're way more unfiltered, chaotic, hilarious, and some are even chockers with secrets that M would never reveal uh, to the general public. From Ask Me Anything Every Friday, where M and Michael answer your questions, from the frivolous to the really deep and challenging stuff. And every Tuesday, you get conversations from M with thought-provoking and inspiring people like the legendary Sunny Jane Wise that we had this week. Check out Instagram for grabs from that. You also get full Exposes from M on events that have happened during the week, 
plus access to close friends on Instagram so we can give you little treats and sneak peeks at things. You get pre-sale tickets to our shows, 20% off our merchandise and so much more. Yearly, it's $1.72 a week and monthly, it's $2.49 a week. And it's been lovely to see Emsolator's gifting subscriptions this week. Uh, sharing the joy with other emsolators and giving them a present that's going to last 365 days. How nice is that? So come join the 3,692 peeps that help uh, keep our Thursday episodes free for everyone to enjoy. Just go to emsolation.supercast.com to be a part of our premium service and start enjoying all the perks today. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is Salation. Jamie Lynn Spears. Yeah. Jamie Lynn Spears is in Australia. Is in, you can't even imagine. It, she's here. It's very exciting. Yes. But she's in here. She's here, but she's filming the British version, right? I'm a Celebrity okay. UK, which films in Australia. Right, got it's it. very confusing. Mm-hmm. I initially thought she was here. And, and I'm a Celebrity UK has soap stars, daytime presenters and controversial right-wing politicians. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Jamie Lynn falls in amongst that. A little bit of all. But she's the only American on the show. Yeah. That's it. Um, now, sh- this year Jamie Lynn has already done Dancing with the Stars and uh, SAS Who Dares Wins. So right. she's having a busy year for reality TV. Some would say maybe funds are low. Because maybe they've been cut off from the cash cow. Oh, because now Britney's in charge of what happens to her money. Yeah. (gasps) If you're all of a sudden going from not working to doing three reality TV shows at the same time the conservatorship ends on the person paying all the bills. Wow. Right. Wow. So she's already been labelled a potential flight risk by the crew. (laughs) She's isolating herself from other camp members. Right. She refused to do the pre-show interview. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody kind of talks about what they're looking forward to, what they're most scared of, and they do it all on camera before going in. Mm. She wouldn't do that. Mm. She just skydived into camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wildest thing to, to happen is her refusal to acknowledge Britney. That is, that's challenging because what, what would one say her claim to fame is? Let me tell you. <clears throat> one of the contestants said to her, what, what got you into music? Oh. And Jamie Lynn replied, I've always been into music, you know, writing and singing. And then the woman pushed further. You're from a very, hang on, accent. You're from a very musical family, aren't ya? <laughs> I sounded like Oliver Twist that. <laughs> to which Jamie responded, yeah, my mom played the piano a lot. Oh, you are kidding. Do the... Hi, gang. No. Hi, gang. No, the, 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 the shade. Yeah, that's it. I was yeah. trying. Yeah. They're next to each other. Don't tell me. Sorry. Right? Wouldn't mention it. That's wild. Wild. Yeah. Like, and they just kept going. Oh, right. Okay. So, who else in your family? Like, does your grandmother play the piano? Like, mm, it was. Mm, which didn't mention mm. Britney. And then finally, twenty four hours later, it's just happened today. One of the more camper men in camp said, "You know, you and your sister are such mega stars, both so equally powerful. Whatever." And how did it happen? Like, how did two people from the same family end up being such megastars? And I'm like, he's gracing the wheels. Like, yeah, he gets yeah, it, he gets it. Yeah. And so she kind of says, you know, it was my mum and dad, it was everything to them. My mum was really committed. And then when I got pregnant when I was 16, they tried to hide me away. They tried to make me get rid of the baby. Like, she really gives the goss. Mm, mm. And then he says, you know, and, and what about your sister? And then she says... All families have their issues, but at the end of the day, we love each other and I called her before I came in. Issues. I mean, that's a pretty... Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. family certainly didn't try to hold me against no, my will for 13 no, years. No, <laughs> But sure, and issues. Force you onto stage on yeah. global tours and take all your funds. Yeah. So she's mm. still there. How long do you think she's going to last? I don't know. I've disengaged. It was just right. fun to check and see. I was really just waiting for her to mention Britney. And then the other thing, just to do a pop culture like... Reese Witherspoon is boinking. Yeah. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. No, I can't. I haven't heard anything about this. Who? Kevin Costner. Whoa. (laughs) Really? Mm. Is this, how do you know? Confirmed by Dumois. Hang on. Dumois. Is that a gossip site? Yes. But you can always trust them. You always can trust Dumois. When they have two sources, they believe it. What's the age gap there? He is 68. And she is 44. She's our age. No, she's older than us. She Reese. just looks like she's our age, isn't she? Someone look it up. 
I think she's closer to 50. I think she's 48 at least. Hey, Siri. 47, 47. Reese Witherspoon. 47. Reese Witherspoon is 47 years old. Mm, wow. Still. 68. Reese. Yeah. Wow. I would like, I would need to get my Smash Hits poster of him from, like, the bodyguard and put it across his face while we were having intercourse. Right. <laughs> Do you think he was at his hottest in the I bodyguard? Why did intercourse? That's so unsettling. It is. But I, it sounds medical. Everything felt weird. I couldn't land on a term mm. for Kevin and Reese. Intercourse yeah. just felt right. Yeah. I don't know. Intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> I just think. Yeah, one doesn't fuck Kevin Costner. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <I> gay. Uh, <laughs> one <laughs> participates in intercourse. <laughs> What has happened to us? I don't know. But that is a wild couple. I have nothing else to add. I just... Well, look, they both have an affinity for... What? Texas? Yeah. Something like that. Aren't I'm just sort southern? of imagining them... Is he even southern? He's in Yellowstone. Yeah, that's good enough. They're like horses. They're, they're outdoorsy. They... Are they? Is she? I don't think so. She seems to make a lot of jam. I don't know. <laughs> She's built a billion-dollar empire. They are both richer than hell, though. Oh, mate. The amount of money he has made off Yellowstone. Woo! And I learned how rich he is by following the ugly divorce he's gone through. Really? He's so rich. Wow. I mean... Good for her. My mum loves him. I mean, if well, that's... Well, I think that says enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be ageist. But 68. The thing's still tickety-boo, you know? I think I do know what you're referring to. 68. I don't have any particular intel on Mr. Costner in that, <laughs> in that regard. Ah, fine. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you know what? I, I hope, I wonder if in the next season of Yellowstone he's suddenly got the Reese digital filters on his face. She's, she'll, she'll say to him, Kevin, you know what would really, really help you? Maybe she's found a way to make the digital filters happen in real life. Maybe. Maybe the... Maybe. That's what she needs. That's what she's done. Before intercourse. Uh, before intercourse, she pops in her... Retinal. Retinal. Um, what am I trying to... Th- um, oh, fuck, contact Filters. lenses. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that yeah. have the skin smoothing technology on them. Yeah. And so when she looks at Kevin, she sees the bodyguard version of Kevin. Is that peak Costner hotness? I think, for me, no. What's peak... What is peak... One moment. Kevin Costner I think I like a younger Kevin. (laughs) I think I'm more Dances with Wolves, if I'm honest. I mean, Bravo. Oh, Dances with Wolves. Mm. I mean, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I could rewatch that right now, you know. I haven't seen that in about 30 years. I haven't seen that in years. Do you reckon it will hold up? Mm, Probably not. All right, here we go. Field of Dreams. Yep, hot. Um, Oh, Bull Durham. Actually, Bull Durham. has it... Um, Rumor has it that was that was that was recent. That was Jennifer Aniston. Um, By recent, I mean seventeen years old. Still draft day. God, he's done a lot of shit movies. <gasps> Tin Cup. He was pretty hot in Tin was Cup he? with Renee Russo. Yeah, do you remember Tin Cup? I used to work at the cinemas when that came out. <laughs> that was a long time ago. He was pretty hot in that. God, he's been in some shit. JFK, The Untouchables. Oh, um, JFK is a classic. No way out. A classic. Peak hot. That was hot. I think he was good young. But he has aged well. I loved him in The Bodyguard. I thought he was good in The Bodyguard. I just wasn't into the haircut. Mm, let him go, not great. Big Chill? Was he in The Big Chill? He played a corpse and was cut out of the movie. Shut He was a dead up. body. No, but, no, wait a minute. Sorry. I Wait. Initially there were flashbacks. He was the friend that died that gets them all back together. And in the end they cut the flashbacks but they still kept the corpse. So he plays a corpse. <laughs> First role, I think. Screen debut. As I a think about the big chill and cocoon four times a week. For it's your, no reason. It's your Roman Empire. Like truly. The big chill comes up for me all the time. Really? I don't know if it, but it was such a big movie for my mum. Mm. It was like her reality bites almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just remember the big chill was on a lot in our house. Yes. She loved it. She loved who were the main Did she have the soundtrack? Yes. Heard it through the grapevine. Heard it through Glenn the grapevine. Glenn Close. Yeah. Kevin Klein. Yeah. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is is equally hot and funny. He's one of those rare beasts. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Who else was in that? I'm out. Was Jeff Goldblum in that? I think maybe. I want him to be in that so bad. Wow. Look at us. This is riveting for everybody. <laughs> what was the other thing we were going to talk about? 
Oh my god. I can't believe I forgot to not talk about this. To nearly not talk. Oh, fuck me. Mm. Somebody roofied all the crown riders. Well, there's mostly one. It's Peter Morgan. I mean, there are others too, but he's in control. Did Peter have a psychotic break whilst writing this current and final season? Did Peter just go, fuck it all to hell? I am going rogue. <laughs> I think. And do you know what the final season of The Crown needs? Motherfucking ghost Diana. Yes! <laughs> yeah! I don't even have a button for that. I don't have a button. Do you think he was inspired by Diana the Musical, perhaps? So not that that had a ghost, but it did take some risks. <laughs> Diana the Musical makes more sense as a plot line and as a story arc than what I have right. witnessed in the last four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it is the first season of The Crown to have a Rotten Tomato on Rotten Tomatoes, like to have been scored, you know, under... 50% of critics think it it's got one star. In The Guardian, I saw that. The Guardian were brutal. brutal. The Guardian's review made me go and watch it because when they started mentioning Ghost Diana and now I'm, I realise I blocked out Ghost Dodie, there's Ghost Dodie. Really? Uh-huh. Pray tell, because I've only watched the first two episodes. Can we just talk about how shit, like, we all know that she's going to die, but the foreshadowing, I was screaming at the telly. Like, they may as well have put fucking angel wings on her in a halo. Look at this woman, beloved, a good mother, at peace with her brain, at peace with her ex-husband. I know, actually, Land I've lies. seen the scene at peace with the ex-husband and, I, I mean, obviously, it just, yeah, we know it's all, they have to concoct all the scenes, but it's literally a scene where they sort of come to a bit of a reconciliation and he goes, we weren't a good... Uh, Husband and wife, but maybe we can be wonderful at being divorced. But the thing is, like, everything's her last. It felt like the writers had to remind us she was about to die. Mm. I remember I was standing in the foyer of the Meridian Health Club on Doncaster Road when I heard the news. Were you? Yes. Where were you when you found out she died? I was, for some reason, hosting a lunch with some school friends because Penny McCormack, who went to Eltham College... Um, had had a birthday or something and we were out on the back veranda and I remember I heard it on... My mum, I came inside to get some more food. Mum said on the radio, Princess Diana died and I went out and said, Princess Diana died. I mean, that's a mood killer. Mm. Surely everyone left. Or did you continue on with the party? We continued on with the party. <laughs> but it was only afterwards. It sort of didn't really sink in at first. I was sad. I had to ring my nana straight away and check she was okay. I didn't... Really, it didn't really hit me until you know I was watching like the footage of uh, uh, on the news, mm. and they showed that file footage of her and the boys at an amusement park mm. going on the log rides mm. when they're all. And then I was like, "This is devastating." Well, the Crown, the documentary, the Crown have decided to shit on her memory, and put words in her mouth as a ghost. Look, <laughs> fascinating because never. Let them do that to me. And if there is a ghost M for whatever reason, you are to write the dialogue. Okay. All right? Well, she'll be very sassy, obviously. Don't fucking let them ghost M me with some, like, with some home and away writer. I think that if there was a ghost M, it would be, it w- you would return in musical form, not dissimilar to the beauty school dropout sequence in oh, Grace. I thought you were going to say the dancing baby from Ali McGuire. No. Ali <laughs> no, no, no. So I would haunt via music. I think so. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are you going to want me to haunt you, if you are any ghost, bitch, you want me. Do you think? Oh, I'll appear when you when you least need me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the whole, what's your take on the first two episodes because you saw it? Well, my take is that I feel like it's. He was drunk. He was going through a breakup. Um, look, Both. I think I think the show is up against it because it it obviously was easier to get lost in it when it was a bygone era. So far gone. Yeah. Can't question Whereas it. Whereas now we, I just remember it all Living and so memory. it feels way more artificial. But also when the show began, it was about the Queen and her relationships with the various Prime Ministers. Yes. Now it's like they get, like she gets like one episode, one scene an episode and Prime Ministers just appeared once briefly. And so it's just really all on Diana. And my other thought is that, Elizabeth Debicki is excellent, like faultless, I think, as Diana, like absolutely nailing the look and the thing. But I am i don't care about her and Dodie and it does start to feel a bit like a soap opera. And 
Oh, you wait. And also, I'm I'm just confused because he this same writer already made the movie The Queen, which was with Helen Mirren, of course. She won the Oscar. Yes. And it was about this period of time. Yeah. So he's got to do something different this time. And clearly he did do something different. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to know. I want to just know when Ghost Diana came to him. I just want to be, I want to be in that writing room. I want to be, I want to be looking at the faces when he says to everybody, we're CGI. Who does she speak to? The Queen, Queen and Charles. Queen and Charles. And what does she say? She says to the Queen, you taught everyone how to be British. You taught everyone how, how to, to be, be British. British. Perhaps now it's time that you learn. And then she says to Charles, thank you for being so strong, so handsome. Thank you for how you were in the hospital. So raw, broken and handsome. Or something. So, no. yeah. Well, that's because it's played by What's-His-Face. Very quickly, Em, I've done a bit of digging. Yes. And Peter Morgan has actually released a comment on Ghost Diana. Ghost Diana. It's James, everybody. Yeah. He has said that I never imagined it as Diana's ghost in the traditional sense. It was her continuing to live vividly in the minds of those he has left behind. Well, I mean, making her appear beside them as an apparition does give the illusion of ghost. It does. But short of popping a sheet over her head and cutting out some eye holes. Look, I mean, it's a stylistic <laughs> leap. Is there any other point in the show where they've done anything similar to that? I don't think so. It would have been better. Do you remember when Harry meets Dumbledore at the at the all-white minimalist train station? I would have yeah. preferred that. Mm. I would have preferred the boys and Charles to get on a destiny train, arrive at a white albino station, yeah. have Diana waiting there dressed as a fucking camp angel. This would have been more believable and easier to stomach than Ghost Diana. Do you remember Home and Away when Bobby the ghost came out the fridge? That oh. happened. Mm. What other famous TV shows went ghost route? Well, some say Offspring. Oh! Because, but I would say, see, I'm going to do a Peter Morgan. I would say we saw it as like the projection that Nina you was seeing. We did. Ghosts. Oh my god! No, it was god. very moving. It, you did do shit ghosts. No, I thought I still stand by it. I'm sorry, but if your TV show has got a ghost involved, mm, really? Well, it was a unless projection. it's like Twilight, or unless it's meant to have ghosts. But no, it's, but it's, it's not like some sort of apparition. I just saw a movie that was all about it. By the way, all of us strangers, Paul Mescal and. Gay. Andrew Scott, yeah, Hi, gay. hot priest, yeah. And in that one, I think it's a projection. He's, his parents died when he was 12 and all of a sudden he sees them and they're played by Claire Foy who played the Queen. It's all folding back in on it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's absolutely devastating. Like, you you will cry. I'm not going to see it. Oh, my God, you will cry. I don't, do you think if you open... He sends me a text message after he sees the gay movie yeah. with hot priest and Paul Mescal. Well, it's got them having sex in it. Well, do they, though? Yeah, well, they do. It's not very explicit. Well... Depends what your class. <laughs> okay, hardcore gay porn man. No, I'm just saying, but I feel like the movie has Barbara developed a reputation. Like Barbara she would, would not, not. Absolutely not. Why do they not. have to show them having sex? Yeah. Yeah. No, she'd hate it. So all in all, I'm giving zero stars to Ghost oh, Diana. Oh, zero. You've gone one worse than The Guardian. Way, if you were going to pitch what is on brand for M. Rossiano, you would think that Ghost Diana would be it. But the ghost, yeah. the, but but the documentary, The Crown, has has led me down another path, and it's not what I'm expecting when I watch it. Mm. And it, it's just, it feels wrong. You would want like sensual Diana, I think, would be more oh, your. Imagine that. You are wearing sensual Madonna. <laughs> sensual blonde ambition. It's not sensual. Oh, isn't it? It's okay, so here we go. So you'd be well into it. It's centaur. I've centaur. never corrected you this on fifty okay. years of friendship. Okay. <laughs> and I just want to say, doesn't it say something about our friendship that the word centaur comes up regularly <laughs> and she just bites her tongue? <laughs> what conversations are we having? We talk are about we centaurs all the time. Breaking down well, Fantasia. No, Adam, Adam um, Driver was a centaur, a hot horseman in the perfume ad. Adam Driver. Wasn't he just riding a horse or was he an actual horseman? No, didn't he become a horse? Yeah. He okay, was a horse. Yeah, okay, That's yeah. why. That's why we spoke about it most recently. All right, thank you very much. Uh, continue on with Barbara and we'll check in next week. Oh, I think next week I could be at the very end. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. This is Emsolation. Okay, gang, well, that's it. I am off to put the final diamonds on my Travis Kelsey jersey. <laughs> oh, God. I am really looking forward to seeing some of you at the TaylorMade shows this weekend. Again, as I say all the time, 
I appreciate you. I know there are a million podcasts flooding the market at the moment, so I'm kind of glad we have our own little square of paradise. Can I just tell you, can I just do a little? I had this kind of weird realisation therapy breakthrough in that my entire life, when I finish a project or even when I was an athlete, I'd finish a race or a big competition, I would only feel relief not a sense of accomplishment or achievement. And I, I've been feeling that way again. And I've been, you know, I've been making a lot of things behind the scenes that you'll all get to see soon and some things are finished and I would walk away from the project or the event and just feel relief. And then it was kind of pointed out to me, why don't you ever feel proud of yourself or why don't you ever feel accomplished? And I don't. And I don't ever put myself up for awards or enter into things. I realise, you know, I see all these Women of the Year awards or um, podcast awards and there's all these ceremonies going on where you have to kind of nominate yourself, right, or other people nominate you. And I never stop to do that because I feel like deep down I've got this weird sense of I don't really know what's good. (laughs) I don't really know how to perceive if what I'm achieving is good because I got so many kind of negative messages about my brain and myself when I was a kid that I have a skewed compass of achievement. And so I really want to work on being better at acknowledging the things that I accomplish and actually not just saying it or telling. I'm, you know, I go through the motions of telling people what we've achieved and saying it out loud, but I don't actually feel it in my tummy or in my soul or in my heart. And I wonder if any of you are the same. You don't actually stop to smell the roses. You're just on to the next thing. And so it kind of cheapens the work you've put in. But I realise it also cheapens the work the people around me have put in. So if not for myself, I think I need to be better at sitting in accomplishment or sitting in an achievement, you know, no matter how big or small. So (laughs) there you go. There's my therapy for the week. Have a wonderful weekend or week ahead whenever you are listening to us. And I'm looking forward to seeing you all out and about in the wild soon. Take care. Bye. Want to help us keep this little podcast alive and kicking for everyone to enjoy? All you need to do is jump on board our premium service, Emsolation Extra. You get an exclusive feed unique to you that gives you two bonus episodes every week, including the chance to ask Emma and Michael anything. And tomorrow, they're going to reveal the most random Madonna fact that they know. They'll help a group of Emsolators decide which Eurovision outfits they should be wearing. And Em gives some great advice to a young mum who's approaching the birth of her first child and is just wondering how Em managed to do the same thing in her 20s. There's also stuff like our amazing two-part chat with neurodiversity advocate and author Sunny Jane Wise. Plus, you get access to close friends on Instagram, ticket pre-sales. We pretty much sold out a 300-seat venue a week before the general public were allowed to have access just because they were extra subscribers. You also get 20% off merch and there's new merch coming next week. It's going to blow your mind. You can help M keep this independent podcast alive and free for more people by supporting us for less than $2 a week on our yearly plan or less than $2.50 a week on our monthly plan. Sign up now at msolation.supercast.com. And of course, M Salation with M Rossiano is recorded at Down the Hill Studios. It's hosted by M Rossiano with Michael Lucas. It's executive produced by Benjamin Wosley, produced by M Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fan with videos from James Henderson, socials from Benjamin Wosley, M Rossiano, and Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assistance from Jim Evans and Georgia Watts. Get more M Salation by following us on all the socials Instagram at M Salation Podcast. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Join other Emsolators at the Emsolation Group on Facebook. The answer is Madonna to get yourself access. All the links are in the bio on our Instagram page. And if you can, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast with someone that's never heard it, and also follow us on your favourite podcast app. Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait to chat with you again next week.